we're going to do with you, you're the choir today, uh, is Hosanna. Does anybody know what Hosanna means? No? So who said that? Yeah, praise the Lord. Hosanna means just praise, okay? That's what they, uh, the people yelled when Jesus came into Jerusalem on the donkey, right? Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Praise in the highest. So Hosanna has a, a, you know, a rich meaning and background to it. Uh, and it, it also implies that you sing whether you have a good voice or not, <laughs> all right? You know the rule here is if you don't have a good voice, you sing louder. Uh, and if you have a good voice, you sing louder. So everybody sing louder, okay? I'm going to ask Kristen to come up as uh, she leads us. I'm going to ask you, if, if, if possible, if you would stand. If not, that's fine, too. And let's, let's worship our great God. Washed away, washed away. 
Hosanna. God is always faithful. Can we say an amen to that? Even when we're not faithful to him. He's the one that doesn't move, we move away. So we need to realize that sometimes and just proclaim his faithfulness because great is his faithfulness. Amen? Every blessing comes from God. Um, you all obviously woke up this morning, right? That's a blessing. Uh, you know, Tommy's checking his pulse as, as we speak. Uh, you are here by his provision, right? You were able to come. Uh, we take so many things for granted. Uh, even today, I mean, the weather is beautiful. Yesterday, the weather was beautiful. And God gives blessings. One of the uh, favorite hymns I, I think of uh, many is Come Thou Fount of Many Blessings. Uh, what's a fount? Does anybody know what a fount is? 
It's a fountain, right? Um, and, and, and God is the fountain of many blessings. The key in all of this is to realize who he is and that he indeed is willing to bless us, right? Come down fountain. anybody here ever had a bad day? <laughs> well, if you haven't, it's coming. Uh, everybody has bad days, right? We're going we're gonna to talk this morning um, about how to live well, even when life doesn't make sense. Um, we've all been there, I think, you know, and life doesn't... <laughs> turn out the way we think it should turn out. Um, in our own sin nature, we want to write the script and not let God write the script. And so it presents problems. Asaph um, was a psalm writer, godly man, and uh, he found himself scratching his head. He was undergoing persecution for his faith. And you know, as, as a psalmist, you know, he was bold in what he was proclaiming and writing. But he had a bad day. And in that bad day, he did something that we should do. Go to God. We shouldn't go to drugs. We shouldn't let anger rule us. Uh, if anger rules us, it turns into bitterness and rage, right? It's not wrong to get angry. It's what we do with the anger. Asaph was not a happy camper here, but he knew enough to come before God and bear his heart. That's what I love about the Psalms. Not only Asaph, David does the same thing. God knows how we feel before we even tell him. So why hide it? Come to him, let him work it through with you. This is a long reading, but it, I chose it with a purpose because it really ties into the uh, message today in Ecclesiastes. So if you're able, would you read this with me? Okay. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. Have you ever felt like that? Okay. I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. 
Their pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity, and their, their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice, with arrogance. They threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? Wow, I'd be afraid to ask that question, right? This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my pure heart. This is Asaph saying, hey, look, Lord, I've been obedient to you. I don't understand what's going on. And washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Ah, the light bulb just went on, right? Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you placed them on slippery ground, you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakens. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. My heart was grieved and my spirit embittered. I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a, a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. I love that. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You will destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of your deeds. Wow. A bad day turned into good as he unburdened himself before the Lord, and the Lord had a chance to work in his heart. And I always say to people, when you're going through tough times, come back to the truth of Scripture. Because that truth never changes. Lord, why is this happening to me? You may not understand why, but know that he's still in charge, right? Lord, why are you allowing me to go through this? Well, that answer may not come, but you have to trust him through the process. Does that make sense? That is so countercultural in this day and age because we here in America believe that we shouldn't have any rough times. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, God is still in control, and he's still writing the script. So we'll talk more about that as we get into Ecclesiastes. But I always tell people, if you're discouraged, go to Psalm 73, and the counterpart to that is Psalm 37, where David bears his heart to the Lord, and he says, Lord, I got, I got people coming after me to kill me. These are, these are people who hate you. Why am I going through this? He had to hide in caves. When life doesn't make sense, we need to go to God. So would you pray with me? As we pray this morning, um, it's my observation, and I think it's being borne out by um, a lot of research that's going on today, but it's my observation that in my lifetime, at least, I've never seen people more stressed in my life. Um, stress can do a lot of things, you know, to people. Uh, and, you know, I look and I, I, I look and I say, you're not going to be able to handle this without knowing that, first of all, God loves you. 
Second of all, he, he's in charge. He, you know, walk through this with him. Put your faith in Christ, and, and he'll take your right hand and walk you through it. I know that's easier said than done sometimes, but we get, there's nowhere else we can go for refuge but God. We don't want to go to the alcohol bottle. We don't want to go to the drugs. We don't want to go to violence. We don't want to do any of that. We want to yield to God to glorify him. So let's pray. Uh, Father, you well know that every one of us have gone through bad days. But we thank you for your faithfulness, even when we're not that faithful. And thank you for the gift, Father, of confession and repentance. As Christ followers, Father, we have the privilege of coming before you and confessing our sin, confessing when our hearts want to believe, but because of the circumstances, we have a tough time confessing our, our innermost sin to you. And, and Father, your spirit says through John, if we confess our sin, he is faithful. You are faithful and just to remove that sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I believe the church in North America needs a time of repentance needs a time of corporate prayer so that we can lay everything before the foot of the cross. Would you help us to do that? And Father, as we continue to worship, we just ask that you bless the offering and the giver. And Father, uh, help us to be good stewards of using these funds to share the kingdom of God and, and the love of Christ to others. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. So, um, can I get a couple of people? I'm not saying guys, okay? I say people. Anybody know the name of that chorus? People need the Lord. People need the Lord. Listen, I, I know we live in a culture that's not real friendly to the gospel these days, but people need the Lord. And we need to be faithful about pointing them to the grace of Christ and the f for the forgiveness of sin because of the person and work of Jesus Christ. So as we get into... Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. If you have your Bible, you want to follow along. If not, it'll be up here. Ecclesiastes is one of those books where if you don't have the right background as far as the knowledge of the content and what Solomon was trying to do here, it can get very depressing. And that wasn't Solomon's intent. What Solomon's intent was to say, listen, if you try to do life without a relationship, a personal relationship with God, you're going to be in trouble because that makes everything meaningless. It makes wealth meaningless. It makes um, anything good you do meaningless. You may build up your own company and be another Bill Gates, but without Christ, it's meaningless. And, you know, we need to begin to think in that way. A lot of the leadership over the past years read a book called The Monk and the Merchant. Uh, we have it in the library. If you, if you haven't read it, it's really a good book. And in The Monk and the Merchant, the whole premise is it's not, it's not a sin to be rich. 
right? But if that turns into an idol, now we got a problem. But The Monk and the Merchant is a story of a friendship between a monk and a very successful businessman who loved the Lord. And what God did through the two of them is amazing. And so I want you to kind of think in, you know, in those terms. And I need to say this before we look at this passage. I'm not sure how far we'll get today, but uh, if we don't get through it all, then I'll, I'll pick it up next week. The wisdom that the world system and the culture offers many times is bad advice. It's just bad advice. There's no other way to say it. It doesn't give any answers at all. I'm alarmed about the amount of young people who are engaging in, in taking fentanyl, thinking that's going to make things better. No, that's a death sentence. But this is what the world offers, doesn't it? Solomon's journey and his observations of life gives us some valuable insights in how to live well when times get tough. So let's look at the, uh, the first one here. In verse 15, he says, in this meaningless life of mine, and he, again, he's talking about living life apart from God. In this uh, meaningless life of mine, I have seen both of these. The righteous, the righteous, those doing right, perishing in their righteousness, and the wicked living long in their wickedness. Right? There was a missionary couple who trained to go uh, into the, um, the uh, tribes in South America who uh, have never heard the gospel. They completed their language training um, and their seminary training, and on the way down, the plane crashed, and they were killed. I don't know why. God does. And yet we see people doing wicked things, and it seems like they have no care in the world, right? And, and this is one of Solomon's bad days, right? He's saying, this, is, this can get your head spinning, but we can't lose perspective. I'd rather perish doing the work of the kingdom than perish doing evil. Did you ever think of that? We don't think in those terms, do we? Because we still live in a country that it's relatively free to worship and uh, you know, proclaim the gospel, but that could change. And if some had their way, that would change. The question is, we would have to make choices then, wouldn't we? There was a couple of uh, mayors of towns who were uh, getting kind of scared of the churches, the evangelical churches. So they tried to mandate that this, the pastors would give them a copy of their sermons before they preached. This is true. I said to Mary Lou, you come visit me in jail. That's just not going to happen. How dare they? We're going to have to make choices. One of the things I learned about Solomon and, and the prophets, um, and we'll talk about this at the School of Theology in, in more detail, is that Christ followers have to, have to yield to Christ and the Holy Spirit so that we can have moral courage to do the right thing. Does that make sense? Even in, even in times we don't understand, confusing times. And Solomon knows that the righteous perish. He doesn't know why, and, you know, as they're serving the Lord. And it seems like the wicked are getting away with this, but you know they're not. Right? We're, we're extremely visual people, right? You know, I, I've, I've met people who, uh, how can I say, look like they had everything. And then I find out you never know what happens behind closed doors. The people who seem to have everything sometimes are empty. 
And yet I've met very poor people who are very content. By the same token, I met some very poor people who kind of wear it like a badge, and that's not what we're supposed to do. So, you know, Solomon's kind of setting the, the, the scene here. And here's his guiding principles as we go along and how to live well in these times. This is a curious statement. Don't be over-righteous, neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself? Don't be over-wicked and don't be a fool. Why die before your time? <laughs> and, you know, you re read this, you scratch your head and you say, Solomon, what are you trying to say? Have any of you met people who come off holier than thou? That's what that verse 16 is saying. Listen, this is not about legalistic religion. It's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ gives you love and compassion for other people. Not to come off holier than thou, because the truth of the matter is none of us is better than them. Isn't that right? We're not better than them. So he's saying, well, don't destroy yourself through legalism. Let, let me tell you what happens in legalism. Now, legalism is, uh, I'll give you a couple of illustrations, where you know a, a pastor or a church would require you to have a certain translation of the Bible, which is insane. The only inspired documents were the original documents in Hebrew and Greek. We have reliable translations that are good. But, you know, there's still some churches today you use King James only. I have no problem with that. If, if that speaks to you, use it. But we don't talk like that anymore. Isn't that true? Right? Uh, so if you want to use the New American Standard or the NIV, that's fine. But legalistic churches say if you don't carry the right Bible, those words mean nothing in your Bible. I'm saying, what? Saying, this is wrong. Or women have to wear dresses when they come to service. Oh, really? Okay. I think that's found in the book of Hezekiah. <laughs> um, you know, you understand what I'm driving at here. God is interested in our heart and our character and our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that should be humble because none of us deserve to be saved. None of us. It's because Jesus reached out to us through the cross. That he offers us forgiveness and new life. Don't be over wicked. I had somebody say to me, hey, Pastor, that means I could be a little bit wicked? <laughs> no. No, don't. what Solomon's saying here, look, if you choose to, to rebel against God and, and do wicked things, you're going to destroy yourself. Why die before your time? You know, my years on the first aid squad, I saw people literally um, kill themselves and others by drunk driving. Overdoses. One of the saddest things were Vietnam veterans who came home and just couldn't face life. Those are sad things. We have to be humble enough to know that we are just sinners saved by grace. We're not above anybody. God is. Not us. God is. So he's saying, look, be careful with your attitudes, right? Let's go on here. Before I get uh, into the next verse, the reason why legalism is so popular is because it's self-serving. It inflates the ego, right? A good Christian carries a family Bible that weighs 100 pounds, <laughs> right? A good, a good Christian doesn't go to movies. Oh, really? You know, a good Christian is, and you, you get into this stuff, and it's, it inflates ego. 
We're on a journey where our ego needs to be decreased and Jesus needs to be lifted up. Then he goes on to say, it is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. In other words, in, in times where you need to live well, in times that don't, don't make sense, don't lose perspective. You don't want to go indulge in wickedness as a, or sin as an escape, and you don't want to become overly legalistic or legalistic at all. Many years ago, I had a man show up. Uh, at a, uh, I was pastoring at another church. I hadn't seen him uh, for about five years. And, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would call or visit, and I'd say, hey, how come you're not, you know, you're not being out? Oh, you know, I don't have to worship in church. You know, I could worship uh, in my boat and this and that. Oh, well, I think you're wrong, but, well, he came out one Sunday. He comes up to me at the service and says, Pastor, I'm ready to knock on doors. I said, are you selling vacuum cleaners? Or? <laughs> no, no, he says, he said, I'm ready to knock on doors and share the gospel. I said, I haven't seen you for five years. And he, says, he said to me, I'm ready. Then I looked at him and I said, what did you do wrong? He says, how did you know? <laughs> and I said, because you're using this as a pen, uh, like penance. And that's not the right heart. You don't need to confess before me or do penance. You confess before God because Jesus Christ hung your sin on the cross and paid the full penalty of it. We need, listen, <laughs> you're not going to like this, but uh, it's true. God will give us enough to encourage us and give us enough to humble us at the same time. And if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we'll live well even through confusing times. So I have to ask this follow-up question. Have you ever been in, in uh, you know, circumstances where you, you know, you've been serving God, you love Jesus, you've been serving God, maybe you taught in Sunday school, maybe you, you were in the choir, maybe you're on the praise team, or whatever ministry, and things go wrong, and you come to the point to say, what's the use? Have you ever been there? What's the use? It's not one of my favorite phrases, but I've heard many people say it. What's the use? Don't choose to do foolish things because those decisions could cost us our lives. Remember Paul's statement in, uh, in the book of Romans. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. God takes sin seriously. I get tired of people who, uh, uh, saying, oh, no, 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 yeah, God understands. No, sin is a stench in God's nose. We need to understand that. And we're all sinners. When we do things against God, we need to confess them and acknowledge our utter dependence on God for living a godly life with him. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to guard us between these two extremes of legalism and over-wickedness, if I could put it that way. Do you know God works in process? You know what I mean by that? I mean, he can work immediately. You know, some of us have seen God answer prayer immediately, and that's God's business. But sometimes he works in process. I would say the majority of the time. The question ultimately comes down, will, you're not going to like this either. Will we go to the Holy Spirit and ask him for the patience to trust God through the process? Hmm. We are a pragmatic people. You know what that means? 
Um, I'll give you I'll give you an example. If you call any company today, you don't get live people anymore, right? It frustrates me no end. It must frustrate you too because we want to talk to a person, get the issue resolved, and that's it. Two hours later, you know, after being transferred ten times, you might have come into contact with the right person. But God works through process sometimes. What I urge people to do is when you're going through a tough time, you go to God with it, just like Asaph did. I guarantee you that psalm was not written in just one day. But as God, as Asaph poured his heart out to God and God started to work in and through him, he came out resolved that God does know what he's doing, you see? And he'll trust God through the process. And when he starts to take his eyes off of God, he learns to hold out his right hand, and God will take the other. Isn't that what Peter did when he stepped out of the boat? I, got, I, I have to be honest with you. I don't know if I would have had the faith to step out of the boat. But Peter, in all his rambunctiousness, right, he did it. At least he stepped out of the boat when he said, when Jesus said, come to me, Peter. And as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and started to get overwhelmed by the storm, he started to what? Sink. And what did Jesus do? Put his hand out and said, come on, Peter. Keep your eyes on me. Trusting God leads to godly wisdom. You're not going to get godly wisdom any other way. It doesn't come by osmosis. But you need to read the word. You need to learn about the character of God, the attributes of, uh, of God. You need to learn of how God views sin and how God views our salvation. And uh, by growing in the word and, and wrestling with it and being in Bible studies and or discipleship groups, you're beginning to gain wisdom, not the world's wisdom, but God's wisdom. Wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. Let me give you the embodiment of the uh, wisdom of God. His name is Jesus Christ. When he walked this earth, he was more powerful and still is than anybody on this earth. He wasn't militant. He wasn't out of control, even though many, including his own family, thought he was crazy. But all he did was what the Father had told him to do. And then he laid down his life for us. Wow. You know, sometimes people come to me when they are uh, um, going through a tough time. And they'll say, Pastor, you know, can you give me some verses to consider? And I say, I'll gladly do that. However, this is not like going to the doctor where I tell you, take, take two verses and call me in the morning, <laughs> all right? Uh, the verses I'm going to give you, you need to meditate on. You need to, to, to pray them back to God. You need to ask God now to give you the peace that can only come from him through Christ, even though it seems like the, kitch, the, uh, the sky is falling, right? Remember Chicken Little? And I found some people saying, I want a quick answer. You know, and all I can say is, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, first of all, I'm not God, number one. Second of all, 
God will answer you. He always answers you. He'll either say yes to your prayer. He'll either say no because it's not good for you. Or let's say you don't have the maturity yet. You need to wait a while because I'm, I'm still not done with you. A wise person waits on God. A wise person, you know, it, it, going to God is not like going to a, a drive-thru at a fast food uh, establishment where you, you know, you, you go in there quick. You, you get angry if they don't even respond in, by, in 10 seconds, right? Now, we treat God like this sometimes. And it's not a hit and run. You got to come into the presence of God, just like Asaph did, and bear your heart and ask God to grant you wisdom. James says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask of God, and he will gladly give it to you. Not the world's wisdom, but God's wisdom. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous. Not one does what is right and never sins. Can I get an amen to that? That's our sin nature, right? That's what we inherited from uh, Adam. Then he says, do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. <laughs> I love that. The reason why I love that is because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing impaired. And um, at Lacey Day yesterday, people were talking at me, and I couldn't even hear them. Uh, because of you know all the background noise, um, and sometimes you know when we're you know Mary Lou and I go out to a store or a restaurant, some people will, will use profanity. You know she'll hear it, I won't hear it. You know, and it's offensive. But I'll tell you, there are some advantages to not hearing. <laughs> One of the advantages is people love to gossip. People love to gossip. We've probably all been guilty of it. People love to gossip. I stay out of gossip. Um, I, you want to destroy somebody, you start gossiping about them. I, I'll get calls from other pastors and say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? No, and I don't want to. Well, why not? It's none of my business. I mean, come on. You shouldn't even be calling me about this. Did you call so-and-so and, -so and ask, ask them how they're doing? Well, no. Maybe that's where you should start. Don't pay attention to every word people say. Dr. Fuji at Batamja uh, Community Church in his uh, message on Job, we talk about this at the Theological Roundtable. He says this, God is more concerned about your integrity, which means character, than he is about your reputation. Because when you do things God's way, people are not gonna say nice things about you. They, they won't. You know, you're one of those Jesus freaks, right? You know, you, you, you're crippled using Jesus as a crutch. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I put it that way. That's yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, listen. Remember this. That when you are put your trust in the person and work of Christ, you have an audience of one. And that's God. He's the only one you have to answer to. That's God. We'll go Maybe one, one more verse here. For you know in your heart that many times you have cursed others. I was glad I had a, a mother who taught me that if you have nothing to say, don't say it. Yeah, oh, let me rephrase that. If you have nothing good to say, just don't. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. See, a compassionate person would go to somebody in love and sit with them and say, you know, I've been where you are. Is there any way I can help? Is there any way I can help? 
Maybe just listening. Maybe crying with them. Maybe just knowing that you, you offered to say, hey, I can understand why you're hurting here. Can I help? We need to show the compassion Jesus showed. Remember, Angel preached on this a couple of weeks ago, the, the woman who, who was bleeding, right? And she just struggled to get to Jesus as he's traveling by and she caught the hem of his garment. And the apostles were irate. No, you're a woman. No, this isn't, get back. You should know your place, woman. And Jesus put them right in their place. The faith that she showed knowing that he was the healer, the great physician. The apostles should have said, he healed me also. And not restrict her. There's a lot of wisdom here. So, you know, I say we'll, we'll pick it up where we left off and then we're going to uh, go into chapter 7 but uh, I mean chapter 8 um, we need never to lose sight of the human condition the human condition is that all have sinned all and we all for, fall short of the glory of God the human condition is that people need the Lord people need Jesus Christ people need the gospel my prayer for Lacey Day yesterday was that um, it, it's funny to see people when you tell them stuff is for free. You paid, you paid for it, by the way, okay? But when we say, hey, we have Bibles, we have literature, we have uh, stuff that may help you in your spiritual walk, um, you know, it's free. Yeah, what's the catch? There's no catch. The gospel was given to us freely, and freely we give the gospel. So next time you're going through confusing times, whatever they may be, bring it to God. Bring it to God. Be honest with him. Ask him for help. Ask him for wisdom. And if you truly mean it, just say, Lord, help me not to do anything that would not bring glory to you. In other words, keep me from being stupid, Lord. And help me glorify you. Amen? Amen. Um, I hope you're finding this helpful. I, I certainly have. Uh, you know, we're going to talk next week how relationships are complicated, aren't they? <laughs> you, get, you get two people together, you got three opinions. Um, relationships are complicated, and uh, the danger of what happens when we try to figure out life alone. So we'll talk about those things, you know, next week as as we come together, and. Um, Read through Ecclesiastes 7. If you, I, I would urge you to read the whole book, but uh, don't get discouraged by it because it's really a book of encouragement. It's a contrast. And Solomon went through this journey of trying to figure out life without God, and he got into trouble. He knew it. And the thing I love about Scripture is that Scripture records the humanness of great people, doesn't it? I'm figuring, you know, Solomon, Solomon at the time, the wisest man in the world, right? Well, he made some pretty awful decisions. But he realized that without God, nothing makes sense. That's the end of the book, by the way. He says, return to the God of your youth. So if there's anybody here who hasn't been walking the way they should because of circumstances or confusion or, pardon me for saying it, just plain laziness, 
Maybe God is calling you back to him today. He'll welcome you back. Just be honest with him. And he'll take you by the right hand. And he'll lead you through anything that you're facing. Amen? Amen. Kristen? Sharon? If Chip's watching on the ship, then he could uh, join in. So. One of my favorite praise songs is In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone. We could do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. Christ is all we need. And that's not to say relationships are, aren't important. They are. And we're going to talk about that next week. But if our relationships are not built on Christ, then they're going to be in trouble someday. Would you stand, please? In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day. Up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. God is good. And all the time. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you dismiss us in your power? Help us to be a blessing to others even today. Help us 
Father, point people to the grace of the cross. Help us to love people, Father, as you loved us. And Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Ah, pretty good. You're dismissed. Have a great day. Greet our